All right, everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tailback slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? On one, ready? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studio, I'm Matty Buller. Thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys Week 3 of the NFL season. This is our look at the upcoming Week 3 games across the NFL. In this episode, we'll cover regular weekly picks. Andy's Total Prop Tees also gets you your news of the week. But first, with me, as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge. How's it going, brother? It's going really well. Thank you, Matty. Yeah. Um, we did okay last week. Mm. Uh, well, you, nah, you no, better you better okay. than me, but uh, I'm only, now... Only by a, only by one game, and that was still one game under 500. So, yeah. uh, we'll do better this week. Uh, this was a tough week to pick, and it had nothing to do with the matchups themselves. It had to do with the line movement during the week. You'd, you'd be on one side, and I don't mean going from a four to a four and a half. I mean actually going through key numbers from like a seven and a half to a six and a half, or where one team was favorite, now they're an underdog. And obviously a lot of had that to do with uh, certain quarterbacks going down and not being in the lineup. Most namely uh, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Kim Newton's out. Biggest hit to the Jets ever, Trevor Simeon will not be playing. Uh, I don't know the, how they're going to get along without him. But uh, yeah, some significant changes at the pivot position. Yeah, I, I couldn't get over the amount of quarterbacks that are out and injured. Uh, it's actually pretty devastating for the NFL is guys like Roethlisberger and Breeze. They're in a lot of primetime type games. So mm -hmm. uh, that'll also affect uh, the the coverage. I mean, uh, I'm sure we're going to see the net, uh, the networks uh, use their flex schedule with the NFL to get some better games on there. Now, I mean, if you, if anything's to be said though, about uh, Pittsburgh, uh, they seem to be all in on Rudolph because they just traded a number one pick uh, for Miami Dolphins safety, Minka Fitzpatrick. So the best fit Fitzpatrick on the Miami Dolphins is now moving, which leaves uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as the only Fitzpatrick. But, uh, well, yeah, that's the way that uh, is. Uh, but, yeah, Steelers obviously think that Rudolph is their man. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given away such a, a primo pick. Yeah, well, we'll get to the Dolphins later. Um, one note about the totals for last week. 13 of the 16 games went under the number. Yeah. And you don't often see that. There was actually over 240 accepted penalties. It was ridiculous. And I think the flavor of the 2019 season, whereas in the last two years was pass interference and roughing the passer, ask Clay Matthews Jr. about that, um, it's now holding it should yeah. be holding. Offensive well, players hold every goddamn was, play. No, but I said I was going to ask you this as a former defensive player. You can be the first to attest that oh, there's holding on every single play. Yeah, there are. There's, well, my thing too is um, they're also calling offensive pass interference a lot more. Back when I played, the receiver pretty much had to mug you and steal your lunch money before they got a flag thrown their way. Oh yeah. It was, it was uh, funny. I was watching some old NFL games, like highlights from the eighties. And there were so many touchdown plays where the receiver was just roughing up the defensive back, like, like nothing and never a call on it at all. Yeah. But of course, so, offensive line as well. 
I mean, anytime I'd come down on a blitz, if one of those big boys could get their meat hooks on me, they weren't getting inside on my pads and blocking. They, they get a mitt full of jersey. That's just the way it's been. But I'm glad because guys like Khalil Mack, he leads the league right now in 15 quarterback pressures, but he's got no sacks because he keeps getting held and it's not being called. So I, I, I'm definitely interested to watch Monday night uh, now that I've found out that the referees have been told to look out for holding more. That means Khalil Mack should be able to get free. Well, Khalil Mack is not the most poignant story of the Bears game last week. No, it's the sir. fact that you guys have found your own kicker. Yes, sir. Pretty stoked. Eddie De Niro Pinheiro. Let's go! <laughs> Let's go, Chicago! <laughs> yeah, what did he say after the game? For everybody listening, man, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you better start because he's real. I promise you that. So let me get this straight. When Eddie Pinheiro makes a field goal, he mentions Jesus Christ. But when Cody Parkey misses a double doink field goal, 61,000 fans acknowledge Jesus Christ simultaneously. I didn't actually realize that, uh, that Jesus was so big there in Chicago. Jesus is the big man, second only to Ditka. There's nobody better than Ditka. Let's get to some news of the week. ESPN Plus is bringing back NFL primetime with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson beginning Sunday after a 14-year absence. It will air on the streaming service on Sunday nights from 7.30 until 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard and will be available on demand until Wednesday night. For our younger viewers, Chris Berman is well known for his highlight reel catchphrase. He could go all the way. Yeah, I'm definitely excited that Boomer and Tom Jackson are back. Uh, a lot of fond memories of those two from my childhood. But research have found that a couple skeletons known as the lovers of Modena, because they are holding hands, were both men. The researchers could not determine the sex of the skeletons when they were found in Italy in 2009 because they were badly preserved. But a new technique using the protein on tooth enamel revealed their sex. The actual relationship between the skeletons from the 4th to 6th century AD remains a mystery. Uh, the research say uh, that two adult males were intentionally buried hand in hand. Do you think in 1,500 years from now, they will find Tom Brady and Bill Belichick arm in arm underneath Foxborough Stadium? Nah, everyone knows that plots for Robert Kraft and his favorite masseuse. Hi-oh! According to new research, the dead may not always rest in peace, quite literally. For more than a year after death, corpses move around significantly, and this finding could be important for forensic investigations. Researchers at an Australia-based decomposition research facility made the startling discovery after using time-lapse cameras to film decomposing corpses. According to Alison Wilson of Central Queensland University, quote, what we found was that the arms were significantly moving so that the arms that started off down beside the body ended up out to the side of the body, end quote. Well, that would certainly explain the quarterback play of Eli Manning for the past season. I'd buy that for a dollar. The legend of Gardner Minshew II continues to grow. The adult website, Cam Soda, offered the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback an endorsement deal worth up to $1 million. One million dollars. As part of the agreement, Minchu would guide and live stream an exercise class in the nude or only wearing a jog strap. The site 
also wants them to wrap their line of penis puppets ahead of their Halloween sale. You know, I hear we have audio of Jags fans everywhere. It's my quarterback. But not all heroes wear capes. Some rock penis puppets, too. But talk about living a boy's dream. The guy gets paid to play quarterback in the NFL every week, and his potential side hustle involves playing with himself. I'm going to go play with myself today. All right, it's time to fire it up with our weekly picks. All right, in our first game, this Sunday takes us to the city of brotherly love where the Philadelphia Eagles are five and a half point favorites over the visiting Detroit Lions. And uh, Detroit, they hung around against the Chargers. The Chargers uh, having a couple of uh, uh, touchdowns called back on the same drive due to penalties. So it was a pretty sloppy game. But Detroit is now uh, 1-0-1. They're undefeated. Is, They're yeah. Yeah, and I called a sneaky win. That's exactly what they got. I mean, the Chargers went 0 4 in the red zone. Um, they missed two field goals by backup kicker Ty Long, but, um, you know, San Diego is no, or San Diego, the Chargers so, are no stranger uh, to miss field goals. And so points. Ty Long is really Ty Short. Yeah. As I mentioned before, uh, the lines have been bouncing all over the place like a. A ping pong ball, but um, this one opened at a touchdown, and now it's down to five and a half. So there's a lot of money coming in on Detroit, which surprises me a little until you look at the injury report for Philadelphia. So right now, uh, Deshaun Jackson is expected to miss two weeks with an abdominal strain. And according to sources, Alshon Jeffrey, your guy from the Bears, yep. and Dallas Goddard are sort of iffy for this Sunday's game, both with calf strains. So that severely limits Carson Wentz's targets. Um, which I say uh, is why the line has moved. Also, like they've got other guys hurt too. They actually called off the full practice on Wednesday. Uh, they just did a walkthrough instead because there was 12 guys hurting. So they're pretty banged up. I uh, And for these reasons, I'm taking the Detroit Lions. Dude, I not only am taking them against the spread, I'll put money on the money line that the Detroit Lions roll into Philly and slap them around as if they were wearing a Redskins jersey. Um cool. Really, Matt Patricia on the road. You're taking that money line. I'm, I'm bold taking. Move, I, I, bold I, I, move. It, yeah, it is. But I, I, I can honestly see the the Eagles haven't really impressed me, and they're injured. They don't have like Wentz, who I don't think was worth all that money to begin with. Now also has nobody to throw to the ball to. So I mean, right now they're zero and two against the spread in in 2019, and so I can't even figure out why they're such favorites. And like I thought, maybe put them at a three point, three and a half point favorite, maybe. No, five I and a half after, points. That's after ridiculous. After losing to Atlanta like that, um, on, on, excuse me, on prime time, I think people are fading them. Maybe a bit of an overreaction, but I still got to go with Detroit on this one. Well, the I Eagles, mean, the Eagles are five and one against the spread in their last six versus the Lions at home. But that's just a trend, and I suspect that trend's going to change. Yeah. I could still pick winners, and I could still make money for all kinds of people back home. Hey, hey, let's go. 
New England Patriots. New England. And on to Foxborough we go, where the New England Patriots, this is the first of two, that's it, two 20-plus point spreads this week. The Patriots are 22-point favorites against the visiting New York Jets. And uh, third-string quarterback Luke Falk is going to be the guy, eh? Uh, yeah, in case our listeners don't know who the hell he is, because um, I wouldn't expect a lot of people would. He's out of Washington State, he came there as a walk-on. In his first game there, he threw for five touchdowns and 471 passing yards. And in fact, he ranks eighth uh, all-time in NCAA Division One total career passing yards. So uh, Trevor Simeon, I, you know, I, I can't imagine this guy's a big step down. 22 points? Are you kidding me? Um, Here's the know, thing, buddy. They're, st- they're still missing CJ Mosley on, on defense. I get that. But come on. I just. The only thing that scares me about this is because Bill Belichick was still in the Miami game. He was still throwing in the fourth quarter, like oh, on third I'm, down. I'm he surprised he didn't try him. to get the ball back again with an onside kick. <laughs> well, he's brutal that way. He's. he's he was relentless. Dude, so that's the only thing that scares me about this line because I don't see Belichick taking his foot off the gas. No. Maybe some of the players will, but the play calling. And, he, you know, it's not like he's not going to leave Brady in until the end. He won't come out. Well, before, uh, before I get to my pick, how about this? The mm-hmm. last time there were two 20-plus point favorites on, uh, you know, in the same week was week five in 1987. Dallas was favored by 21.5 points over Philly. San Fran were 23-point favorites against the Falcons, and neither team covered. In fact, in NFL history, 20-plus-point uh, favorites are only 2-9 and nine against the spread. Yeah, I'm surprised there was even that many, 11. Yeah. Um, you know, Miami, we'll, we'll get to them later, but they could have put 11 pylons on the, on the field, and that score would have been a lot closer. Um, the Jets have a little more moxie, a little more pride. They're playing for something. They've got Le- Le'Veon Bell in the backfield now. This is a divisional game. Sorry, over three scores? I don't think so. i got to go with the J-E-T-S. I'm uh, cashing in my wise guy card this week, buddy. Oh. Uh, the Pats have outscored their opponents 76-3 to this year in two games. Yeah, but look at their... Well, okay. Yeah, the look who Steelers they're playing this week, opponent. right? They're still playing somebody that stinks. And yeah, the Jets suck. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Um, the Pats are 5-0 and straight up in their last five games against the Jets. In the past six games, uh, the Pats versus the Jets, the total has gone under as well, which is kind mm-hmm. of an interesting thing there. But uh, Pats 10-2 and against the spread off a division game win over the past three seasons. Uh, I am... It's I, dude, I, I love double digit point spreads and I love betting against them. Uh, and by the way, to our almost wise guys listeners, this isn't one I'm going to put my personal money on because that that to me is asinine. But oh, I'm no, going with the New England we Patriots. Pick, we pick all of the games for Sunday and Monday night. We and do. that's for people that are in office pools, people that are just interested in the games themselves. But no, I would not go near this with my money or your money. One one thing, uh, I am taking the Pats, but very interesting about Luke Falk. 
Is Luke Falk Tom Brady? Listen to this. Both picked 199th in the draft. Both 6'4", both aged 24 for their first start. Both made their week three debut as a starter and both face an NFL legend for their first start. So, of course, Falk is facing Brady and uh, Brady faced uh, Peyton Manning in 01. And I heard that uh, they're both sleeping with Giselle. Yeah, Brady! He's awesome. I can't believe Giselle gets to sleep with him. Skull Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Rock up, suck up, fight, 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 fight. Go. All right, to Minnesota we go. And the uh, Vikings are nine-point favorites over the visiting Oakland Raiders. Oakland uh, had it tough on the uh, on their schedule last week as they were the unfortunate team that was facing the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Minnesota, though, they didn't look too, uh, too great against Green Bay, did they? Well, they did in the second half. You know, they mounted a fairly formidable comeback being down by three touchdowns. Just, not, just not quite enough. And that's because our friend... Uh, Kirk Radzone once removed Cousins uh, through uh, an interception in the end zone at the end of the game. So, you know, they had every opportunity to win that one and cover the spread. But, you know, Kirk's not good against good teams, but he is good against bad teams. And for the Raiders, it's not even a question of which frontline guy is hurt, but which one is not hobbled by some sort of malady. Um, No fewer than six of their starters sat out or were limited in Wednesday's Low-key practice, uh, Trent Brown, Garen Conley, middle linebacker Vontez Perfect, uh, rookie Josh Jacobs, receiver Tywell Williams, and returner uh, Dwayne Harris. So if you think about that on uh, special teams, it's not looking good uh, for Chucky and the boys. Um, I, I'm going to go Chucky McChock-Chock here, and I'm going to take the, uh, the home team favorites, even though it's at minus nine. I just don't see Oakland having enough juice to cover. Um, cover that uh, line in the spaceship. The Oakland Raiders did pretty well for actually three of the four quarters that they played last week against Kansas City. In the first yeah, quarter, they were, hang on, the first quarter they were up 10 nothing. They were, I know. Of course, the second quarter, and apparently all Pat Mahomes now needs to do is show up for a quarter because he tosses four touchdown passes in the same quarter and then doesn't score for the rest of the game. So, I mean... That total, by all means, should have gone over the 52 and a half points that uh, were slated for that game, but they didn't because the Chiefs uh, weren't able to score anymore. And actually watching some of the highlights, the Raiders D came to play. Um, They are on the road to Minnesota. I just I don't think the Vikes I think the Vikes win this outright, but I don't think they can cover nine points. Well, keep in mind, with- it's an early start, 1 o'clock. Yep. Oakland's traveling across country. It's their second road game of the year. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I can't get down with Oakland. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, not a big fan. of. I'm Well, I hate the Vikings. They're an NFC Norris team. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Raiders, brother. They're Raiders! And now down to the American Midwest where uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are taking on the Baltimore Ravens at Arrowhead Stadium. Arrowhead, one of the best uh, best home field advantages in all of pro sports. 
Much like the Superdome, KC does not lose there much. And they're facing a Ravens team that's uh, got a little juice behind them the first couple weeks of the year. And they're going to be coming in, playing some pretty good ball. Well, Kansas City is in Missouri, and Missouri is known as the show-me state. And what I think they need to show me is that they actually have a legitimate defense. And I think this is going to be the first real test this year uh, against a pretty potent Baltimore offense. Um, both of these offenses are potent. Um, which one has the better defense, though? Um, and I don't think it's Andy Reid's team. I think it's, um, I think it falls squarely in the lap of Mr. Uh, John Harbaugh. Now, again, this is another line. Started at seven. Now it's down to five and a half. At seven, I love Baltimore. Five and a half, not so sure. Um, this will be a real test for Kansas City. So I, this is now down to five and a half? Yeah. Yeah, really? why? Did you think it would have started smaller? Uh, no, actually, uh, I've, I've got it right here as uh, Baltimore is uh, plus six and a half on, uh, on the betting site I use. Yeah, okay. Well, no, I ticked down from six and a half just in the last day. Yep. Uh, and the Ravens, yeah, they've beaten the Dolphins and they've beaten the Cardinals. Whatever, right? Yes, I mean, not a true. Not a true test. Now, you know, they don't, they can't affect who, who they're playing on a week-to-week basis. But I think that Baltimore, uh, now with the rushing attack that includes Mark Ingram, as well as Lamar Jackson, and all the weapons they have on the outside, I, I, I got to expect that, A, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, it started at 53, but I think most recently it has ticked up to 55. The only thing that concerns me about that is that there's supposed to be some uh, a, a bunch of rain and, and some windy weather there. So keep a close eye on that. But I think that ugh, Baltimore is going to cover the five and a half. Yeah, five and a half is really tough, if that's what we're talking here. Uh it's really tough to go against the Kansas City Chiefs, buddy. Uh, right oh, yeah, now yeah, they are is, is. right now they're four and one against the spread in their last five games, and they're four and one uh, straight up in their last five games. Now Baltimore is also five and one against the spread in their last six games on the road. So that's a pretty interesting number right there. Yeah. Um, that being they travel said, well. they travel well. They they do travel well, and teams that that can play defense usually do travel well and run the ball. Yeah, and they run the ball. So I I want to pick Baltimore here. I really do. But you know what, man? I'm going chalky McChalk-chalk again. No, that's not that's not chalky. <laughs> I'm know. taking the Chiefs. That's No, this is a coin flip. Uh, definitely a game I will be watching. Yes, most that. definitely. It's going to be a fantastic game. But uh, the coin flip says Andy's taking the uh, – I almost called them the Baltimore Colts, uh, the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. <laughs> This is Johnny United for the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Now, speaking of the Colts, we've uh, heading to Indianapolis next. Uh, Indianapolis is uh, one and a half point favorites at... Uh, at home against the visiting Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Atlanta hasn't impressed me much this year at all. Matt Ryan, he doesn't seem to be uh, with it this year. He doesn't exactly seem to have right. this still. He doesn't have that no. the same. There's no, there's no ice. Of Matty Eve. ice. No, he's definitely not Matty Ice. The ice has melted a little. A little. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I looked at this game 
And then I just compared their two offensive lines. Holy crap, does Indianapolis have a much much better offensive line than, than Atlanta does? They have a, a much better defense than Atlanta does, and they also have a, a running game that's far superior. If you look at the way Devontae Freeman, and it's not like he's banged up, but he's had 19 carries this year for 41 yards and no touchdowns. And that's very, very Devontae un-Freeman-like. And now Marlon Mack is questionable, but he looks like he's a, a green light for Sunday. And, and let's keep in mind that that Atlanta-Philly game, they were kicking the crap out of each other for four quarters. You can imagine after a physical game like that on primetime, these guys are a little banged up. Coming into Indy, the only thing that concerns me about Indy, and I can't believe I'm saying this again, is Adam Vinatieri. Yeah. Wow. Like, holy crap. Yeah, who would have know? Who would have thought it? Right, that so guy was automatic retire. for most of his he's, career. He's, he's not going to retire. He's going to exercise his demons, and I'm not sure what sort of demon shows up in an extra point. But you know, I think uh, I think I exercising demons out. involves a priest and a lot of vomit. See the cross of the Lord, become your hostile power. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. <laughs> or a lot of vodka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I uh, I like the Colts here in this position. Uh, Matt Ryan and the boys barely were able to get by an Eagles team last week that had like pretty much anybody that could catch a football hurt. Oh, in the first quarter, right? Like I uh, I just I mean the only thing that saved him was Julio Jones. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Really? Right, and you, you're not going to expect him to. What was that? A sixty-nine yard slant that he went in on. No, yeah. maybe 50 yard. Anyway, it was a, it was a big touchdown. And uh, the trends are looking good for the Colts too. They're five and one straight up in their last five games at home. And more importantly, they're five and one against the spread in their last six versus the Falcons. I'm taking no, the Colts the, here. Yeah, this is, this isn't one of the games where I was uh, confused about who I was taking. I'm definitely going with the Colts. Well, the Minnesota Vikings been known to lose a game or two. Chicago's got the Bears, but Lord, who cares? And the fans are always feeling blue. And the fans of the Lions are always crying because the boys are always out of luck. But everybody knows that the Packers suck. And to the frozen tundra we go. Although I guess it's not too frozen in September. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, seven-point favorites uh, over the Denver Broncos. I think on some sites that's uh, been bet up to uh, minus seven and a half now. Uh, what are you thinking about this? Because uh, it's very hard for me to bet for or against Green Bay because that my hate for them, the pure hatred I have, colors the, the hate, my thoughts. The hate flows within you. Oh, no, God, actually, actually the this game suck. started at, uh, at minus eight and it came down to minus seven. All right. Which, again, another key number. At minus eight, I like Denver. Um, you know, they had that embarrassing loss to start the season in Oakland. Um, they probably should have won that game against your Bears, by the way. Could have, would have, should have is the difference what I'm talking about. The good teams don't come in and say could have. They get it done. Um, Vic Fangio, eesh, I think he's in over his head. Uh, but they do have a good running game and they gonna do have a good defense, which travels well. That'll get them off the plane uh, in Green Bay, but... I just, Aaron Rodgers at home. Oh. Yeah, with a touchdown. Know. Hey, remember Super Bowl 32? Uh, John Elway and Brett Favre? You bet. Right? And I think the score in on that one was 31-24 for Denver. 
Yeah. I think that was that the one where he went helicopter style into the end zone. That was where he went helicopter style. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. The greatest eight-yard run in Super Bowl history by John Elway. God, I've been burned so many times by going against Aaron Rodgers at home, and I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> I'll yeah. suck it up. I'll suck it up and take the pack. Yeah, now that this is ticked down to just a touchdown, I'm liking the Packers as well. They're 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six games at home against the Broncos. Uh, I just and I can't see the Broncos generating any offense against what is surprisingly an amazing Packers defense this year. Yeah, they are impressive. They they, are impressive. They're looking really good. So I, I could see this getting out of hand even a little early and staying that way. So yeah, I'm I'm taking the Packers with the points. Everybody knows that the Packers. And now we move to a game with our second plus 20 point spread. And that is down in Big D in Dallas, where uh, they are 22 point favorites over the visiting Miami Dolphins. You know, it doesn't really uh, like I think that the Dallas is able to put up a lot of points on Miami. Uh, my problem is, is Jason Garrett the same kind of coach that uh, Bill Belichick is? Uh, that's 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 the great question. Oh, that's an excellent question. Would I Dallas will Dallas put their foot no. off the gas? Yeah, they will. Absolutely. Um, there's no question about it. I was I was just about to say that. In fact, uh, he'll probably take Dak out of the game if they're you know they're ahead by a couple scores and late in the or late in the second half. Um, to be sure, this is not your parents Dolphins Cowboys matchup. There's no Bob Greasy here. There's no Roger Staubach. No Garo um, Upremian. No uh, Larry Zonka. This, Jesus, yeah, I, Miami, like, you know, if you ever, do you remember that movie back in the uh, 60s called The Hustler with Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason? You bet. Well, you don't leave much when you miss, do you, fat man? That's what the game's all about. That's the, basically the, uh, the not the quintessential prequel, but the, the, movie, opening, right? the opening movie to The Color of Money. Oh, absolutely right? it is. Yeah. And I, I don't think we need to explain the concept of hustling pool to our listeners. Uh, but if you look the way Paul Newman's character did it, you know, he'd leave a ball just, you know, it would, it would rattle against the pocket, both sides, you know, really sell the fact that, you know, he was trying to win the game. Miami's doing exactly the opposite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, now they just got rid of one of their best defensive backs that they drafted in the first round. Um, They'll likely get rid of Kenyon Drake before the month's end. Um, throw in Larry Tunsil and all the other guys to get rid of. Like, if I was season tickets holders, I would be rioting there. And yeah. I guarantee you that the league is is calling up ownership there and saying, hey, guys, come on. Don't do this. This is nonsense. Um, and on the other side of the ball with Dallas, geez, I got, I got, I got Dallas friends, you know, planning their parade route for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I want me some glory hope. They are. Well, you know what Dallas fans are like. Doctor said I wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if I kept my finger out of there. Bottom line is, Miami better get their stuff together this week or there's going to be some long-term ramifications in terms of not getting draft picks. And I mean that seriously. 
uh, they're going to have to show up here. And I don't see, as you say, I don't see Jason Garrett uh, keeping his pe- uh, the pedal to the metal uh, in the fourth quarter. I got to take Miami here with the points. Yeah, and I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm taking Miami with the points. I'm not cashing in my wise guy card on this one. The reason I am is, like you said, uh, Jason Garrett's the kind of guy that would put in his scrubs and you'll see a backdoor cover, right? Yep. Yep. So, and he'll run Zeke and, and just basically play keep away ball. It's not going to be a, about scoring. I have a feeling that the Dolphins, uh, and, and I do think that it's going to be a fourth quarter backdoor cover, but it's mm-hmm. a cover nonetheless. Yep. And to New York State we go. In fact, the only team that actually plays their game in New York State that's from New York. I'm New York. It's the Buffalo Bills. And they are six-point favorites against the visiting Cincinnati Bungles. And uh, let me guess, Andy, you're thinking overreaction to Buffalo. I'm thinking overreaction to Cincy. Oh, look at yeah. this. So, no, I, I Buffalo has, has done really well. Uh, but the fact that they've won uh, back-to-back games at the Meadowlands means that uh, Josh Allen has won more times at the Meadowlands than uh, Sam Darnold and Eli Manning combined. <laughs> Uh, and when I say it's an overreaction on Cincinnati, I don't think anyone expected the 49ers to put a pounding on them like they did, like they from start to finish, wire no. to wire. Especially they the way Cincinnati them. kind of showed up uh, the first week of the season against yeah. Seattle. Very impressive of, start. Yeah, but it also makes me wonder now about Seattle because uh, the no, Niners that, exploited them, like no, just uh, exploited them. They couldn't yeah, stop no, the run. No, you, uh, you're absolutely right, dude. Um, I, I don't know why people are impressed about any aspect of Seattle's game. Um, I mean, the Legion of Boom is done years ago. Well, the Bills are 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five. Well, so this line's actually been one of the more steady ones. It's uh, been at minus six the whole week. Total at 44. Don't expect a lot of scoring for obvious reasons. I mean... Uh, as we said, Cincinnati's defense has more gaps in it than a Michael Strahan photo album. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, Buffalo, give it to them. My boy, Frank Gore, got a touchdown, right? Yeah, the ageless wonder. First time since 2017. Uh, that being said, I'm taking the bungles. <laughs> oh. I am. I six, blah, blah, game, blah. six well, points is too much. And, uh, and, and as, as much as I respect uh, Sean McDermott and that defense, um, Josh Allen can be a little wonky at times. And, um, I'm, I'm looking for Seattle to sort of rebound from that embarrassing loss against my 49ers. Well, buddy, I'm buying into Buffalo right now. Good. Well, yeah, I'm, no, buy- no, I'm buying over. Him. Well, let's let's I'm buying them against the Bungles. I'm not planning a parade anytime soon in <laughs> Buffalo. Um, have they they couldn't, never they had couldn't a parade win in, in Buffalo for no, any sport ever. Have no, they? they couldn't win even when they had four shots at it with what is arguably one of the best teams of the 90s. So, yeah. The uh, yeah so I, I'm definitely going with the Buffalo Bills here, though. They, they uh, look like they've got their stuff together on offense and on defense, most importantly, uh, they're going to hurt Andy Dalton and company. I don't think they've got what it takes. I think Buffalo beats them by more than a touchdown. Go Bills! Ah!
And on to Tampa Bay we go, where, uh, well, they are facing the New York Giants. So this will be one that I'm probably going to miss the entirety of because I don't like boring football. (laughs) Tampa Bay is uh, six and a half point favorites. We do pick every game. Uh, Man, Danny Jones, the new quarterback starting for the Giants, and he gets a start on the road. I already put him a couple points up because he's not Jameis Winston, and although Winston had a half-decent game last week, he's still a pick machine, and until I see him not throw picks for multiple games in a row, I'm still thinking that way. Yeah, no, I I don't blame you. Um, As I prognosticated last week, I thought that Eli would at some point very soon be taking a nap in Danny Jones' locker. Um, which is exactly what happened. Um, listening to a lot of sharp guys this week, they think that Danny Jones actually improves the line for the Giants as opposed to detracts from it. And that's um, over the last 33 games, um, Eli Manning had won eight of them as a starter for the Giants. Wow. Yeah, brutal. Brutal. And um, as you say, Jameis Winston is a pick six machine. He didn't have any last week, which means he's due. Um, now, Sterling Shepard was back practicing this week uh, out of concussion protocol, and he was he was practicing without a, uh, without a non-contact jersey. And, of course, they've got Saquon Barkley in the backfield. I think you see where I'm going with this, Matty. Danny Jones is a guy that can get the ball downfield 30, 40, 50 yards and won't think twice about doing it, whereas Eli couldn't do it. And I, I, I look for Danny, Danny Dimes, to put it on a dime, and I'm looking for them to cover the six and a half points, even on the road. Well, Danny's got something that every rookie quarterback wishes they had, and that's a Saquon Barkley, yep. right? I mean, when you're a quarterback, first of all, they've got a really good O-line in New York, uh, so he's mm-hmm. going to be able to remain upright, and he's got a running back that can take a lot of the pressure off of him. The, the defense is going to have to respect the play action. They're going to have to respect the fact that anytime Saquon Barkley comes near the ball, he can break a huge run. Uh, also, the trends seem to be going in that way as well. The Giants are 7-1 against, 7-1 against the spread in their last eight games on the road. And they're 6-1 straight up in their last seven against the Bucks. And the Bucks have to lay 6.5 points. Get out of here. I'm going with the G-men. <laughs> All right. You know I ride with my Arizona Cardinals. Most likely I'm a dies in Arizona Cardinals. Like going outside, ripping Arizona Cardinals. All right, our next game, we go to the desert. Down in the American Southwest, Arizona. Two and a half point. Whoa, favorites? What? Well, two and a half point two, over they Carolina. Were two and a half point underdogs until Cam Newton was ruled out for the game. Yep. Now, is Cam Newton really worth that much to the line? Because it wasn't like he was playing well to begin with. Um, I would have taken. Okay, let me let me just start you off with this one, buddy. I would have taken Arizona even if they had Cam Newton. I, w- I would have too. And now you got Kyle Allen, which makes for a really interesting matchup. As both Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray played together at Texas A and M, and funny for a roster spot, in fact, or well, starting quarterback uh, position rather. So, Riverboat Ronnie will not be gambling this week. Um, he will be relying on Christian McCaffrey, um, whom I see getting like 200 all-purpose yards. Um, the last two games, the ageless wonder, Larry Fitzgerald, 100-plus yards per game receiving. Yeah. Isn't he amazing? And last I checked, they still got a guy named David Johnson in the backfield. 
Yeah. Kyler Murray's doing really well. Um, I think he's overperforming for a rookie that's only in his third game now. Um, They're back at home. Um, Cliff Kingsbury seems to be a a pretty good play caller for Kyler Murray, too. He does. He He seems to keep him comfortable, keep keep the game in his hands, but not all in his hands. Uh, Mm -hmm. Uses his rushing game well, and I guess if you've got Johnson there in the backfield, that's a good reason, too, as well. One matchup here that I'm really looking forward to see, um, Terrell Suggs on Kyler, or, sorry, Terrell Suggs on Kyle Allen. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, T-Sizzle's a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to the NFL, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, it, yeah, under, under a field goal, whatever, don't care. Um, I like Arizona here. Andy, this is your account. Your San Francisco 49ers finally get to play a home game, and uh, they are one of the big surprises of the early going in the NFL this year as they are 2-0. and And after their offensive explosion, Jimmy G is uh, looking like the real deal, and so is your running game. Can Pittsburgh cover these seven points? Well... Uh, a week ago, the look ahead line was Pittsburgh minus one and a half. But out goes Big Ben, and in comes Mason. Won't you drive my sleigh tonight, Rudolph? So that means that the odds makers are reckoning that Pittsburgh is, or that uh, for Pittsburgh, Roethlisberger is worth eight points to the line, eight and a half. And mm, I disagree because um, he, he wasn't playing that well either. In fact, Last game when Rudolph came in, he played much better than the way Ben had been playing. He uh, did that day, and uh, and actually he looks pretty good, Rudolph. Like Pitts, one thing you got to remember about Pittsburgh is uh, they're the type of organization that uh, they make their drafts and they usually stick by them. Their draft mm-hmm. picks It's probably yeah. why they didn't mind trading their number one pick for next year uh, because they they feel that Rudolph is their guy if Big Ben isn't. So because of that. They're just going to go with him. Mike Tomlin's going to game plan for him, but he looked like a, he wasn't making poor decisions. I, that's what I always look for when a quarterback gets in the game that yep. isn't a starter is what kind of decisions are they making? And he was making a lot of good decisions that had them um, at least contending for the game. So well, I don't think the Steelers are chumps by any means right now. No, no. Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger Sr., otherwise known as Big Ben. Do you know why they call him Big Ben, Matty? Because he's got a huge cranium. Look at the size of that boy's head. Shh. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Shh. You're going to give the boy a complex. Well, that's a huge noggin. That's a virtual planetoid. Has its own weather system. Well, yeah, he's big. Guess who else is big? Mason Rudolph is six foot five, two forty. Is he really? He's he's wow. as big as Ben. Big Ben. Um, so at first when I, you know, I'm looking at a rookie quarterback, think about what guys like D Ford, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, the front seven for 49ers, what they're going to do with, with a newbie quarterback. And then I'm thinking, well, they don't have much of a secondary here. And keep in mind that James Washington, the wide receiver for the Steelers, uh, played with Rudolph at Oklahoma state. And they seem to have a chemistry together that, um, you know, Ben didn't. 
So for all you um, DFSers out there, James Washington, not a bad pickup this week. Um, Dante Moncrief, he couldn't catch a cold this year. He's he's missed as many catches as he's caught, which is the number three. Not <laughs> They're not going to him as a result. Um, now, there's really one sad factor about this game, and I'm not sure if people are going to be wearing black armbands for it or not. Uh, apparently, I heard through the grapevine, Jimmy Garoppolo broke up with his porn star girlfriend. Whoa, really? Yeah, you remember uh, Kira Maya? Uh, yeah. They went on the date together. Well, apparently they've been seeing each other since, and, and not not anymore. So, <sighs> well, he's got uh, options open now. He doesn't have to go D list. He's Gardner Minshew the second. He's yeah. he's big time now. So yeah, he's got to move up at least to the B list. Oh, he needs I, to be know. like Cutler, get himself like a, a Kristen Cavallari or something like that. Well, when you look like Jimmy G, you pretty much can pick whatever you want. Yeah, I'm imagining so. I'm. It's, you know, they always had that saying, why do rock stars marry models? Because they can. Well, why yeah. do quarterbacks marry models? Because they, they can. can. Jimmy yeah. G doesn't even need to look like that. He could score whomever, whenever, I'm pretty sure. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um I, but anyway, I, what do you th- I, like? Seriously, though, dude, seven okay, points so, is pretty big for the Niners. Okay, so I've picked against my Niners in both weeks, and they have. Won. You have, and I might just do that all season long to ensure that they get into the playoffs. But if I were to actually put money at the wicket on this game, it would be on the Pittsburgh Steelers at, at plus seven. That's shocking. That is shocking. Really, eh? Yeah, you're gonna yeah, go it's against gonna be your a low, again. It's gonna be a low scoring game, and. Yeah, well, the over-under uh, on this is, uh, what is 44. it, 44? Yeah, yeah, like it's definitely not going to be a high-scoring game. No, I, uh, I, I see Rudolph being able to move the ball downfield, a uh, couple big passing plays. Uh, James Conner is back in the lineup, although he left the last game early, like Ben did. Um, the 49ers have one of the best rushing attacks in the league. In fact, they, they proved they it last week. 250 yard, 250 plus yards on the ground last week against Cincinnati, and that's without Coleman and that other kid, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, both both those guys were out. You still dominated on the ground, which is actually a testament to how great the O line is that they've put together. Yeah, which is a lot. It's surprising considered considering last season, and that was um, not one of the best O lines they've ever uh, ever produced. Uh, Mostert, they're they're. Um, new rookie running back. He got a touchdown last week, and yep. he looks pretty hot. Uh, all that being said, you know what? Um, even though they're on the road with their backup quarterback, I still got to go with the Steelers there for a plus seven. Well, buddy, if you're not going to take him, I'll take him. I got your Niners laying the seven. But I subscribe to the law of contrary public opinion. If everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. Up next, we've got Seattle at home taking on the New Orleans Saints. And Seattle is uh, four-point favorites. Now, even though Teddy Bridgewater is now playing quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, the line didn't move a, a ton from the look-ahead line. And that means that a lot of the wise guys and, and folks out there basically think that Teddy Bridgewater is 
one of the best, if not the best backups in the NFL. But does he have what it takes to go into Seattle, which is a notoriously hard place to play, and come out with, uh, with well, either a win or, or to cover that four points? Like, I'm, I'm thinking Seattle here. So let's talk about Teddy like a bridge over troubled water. <laughs> um, not so good in New Orleans as a backup as he was in Minnesota. Um, but I still think he's got the skills to really be able to move the ball. And I don't think that Sean Payton is going to just stick with one quarterback. Um, oh, really? Lesser, yeah, Taysom Hill, their, their third stringer, probably is going to see a bit of action there. Well, he gets he usually gets some wildcat action, right? Oh, he, no. I, I, what they're going to do with Seattle's defense is confuse them on offense. And, you know, the, the line of four, yeah, I, I don't see it being a lot different with Breeze there. Um, Seattle's... You know, they yeah, they've won two games in a row. They shouldn't probably have won the first game against Cincinnati. And, yeah, luckily enough, the Big Ben and James Conner go out um, when they're playing in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm liking New Orleans here. I'm liking New Orleans here. Well, let me tell you something. The Seahawks, dude, they're off to their best start since 2013. What happened in 2013? Yeah, that's the when Bowl. they beat the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl 48. Uh, foreshadowing a little bit, are we? Oh, but, come uh, on now. I don't know, man. I'll tell you this. Two I, games into the season and you're crowning them I, Super I, Bowl I, champs? I'm not crowning them Super Bowl champs by any I'm not means. Even what I'm saying is... NFC East or, sorry, NFC West champs. They're 2-0 and right now. Okay. And they've got Russell Wilson and the New Orleans Saints don't. They've got a backup. I don't care how good that backup is. Uh, if you looked at last week, uh, they did not even make a run at the Los Angeles Rams, who I think are a much worse team than they were last year. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, I'm going with, and, and once again, if this were on the road and it was Seahawks by four, if this were in New Orleans, I'd be yeah, taking... Well, it wouldn't be like that. No, There's, exactly. has I'd the biggest be, home field advantage in the league. 100%. But you know what? Seattle is right behind... Uh, the Superdome and Arrowhead Stadium for yep. home field advantage. The the twelfth man, they get loud there, and uh, I, I I'm I'm picking the Seahawks here with the points. I just I gotta say one thing though about Drew Brees. Please Don't do. expect him to come back anytime soon and be effective. And I'll tell you why. If you look at the way that say a Ben Roethlisberger or a Tom Brady holds the football, if you picture where the laces are, they're bottom two sometimes three fingers are over top of the laces with drew Brees, He only puts his pinky on the laces. Yep. And he holds it really high up. And now Maddie obviously has been on the record for saying that a pinky doesn't matter. Um, but if you look at the way he holds and throws the ball, um, he, if you don't have that full mobility of the thumb, you're not only going to lose torque on the ball, but you're also going to lose accuracy. So just because of his mechanics and the way he throws, even if he comes back in six weeks, because what they're projecting, um, he's still not going to be able to get the ball downfield to Michael Thomas or, or anybody else. So, um, it, I, and I, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I had him in my fantasy league, <laughs> dropped him this week. <laughs> dropped him this week. <laughs> Fortunately, Matt Stafford was available. Um, garbage He's, time, Matt Stafford. Stafford's my backup quarterback. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's why I'm throwing that out there. But anyway, for people that think that, uh, that Drew Brees is going to come back and 
do some uh, miracle uh, comeback, and it's it's not, it's just not going to happen. So anyway, I hope Teddy does well because um, I'm taking the Saints to go marching in. And to Los Diegos we go, where the Los Diegos Chargers are facing the Houston Texans, the Chargers' three-point favorites, although I don't know if they deserve to be after last week uh, sticking their head in the sand against the Lions. Well, let, let, let's let's be clear. It's Dignity Health Sports Park where we're playing. <laughs> and he, if you want to talk about home talk field about catchy. you got to talk Dignity Health Sports Park as much as you need to talk about Arrowhead or the Superdome. <laughs> I don't think so. That's not no? even that's not even an MLS soccer stadium. Uh, no, you're probably right. Anyway, this this line was actually more than three. It was three and a half yesterday. It ticked down to three. Again, you're hitting another key number. Um, Houston lucked out, no pun intended, this season in their own division with Andrew Luck retiring and Nick Foles going out in Jacksonville. Yep. Um, they have been on sort of the bubble precipice of becoming, uh, going from good to great, but they've never really gotten there. Bill O'Brien, I think, is a substandard coach, and they don't have a general manager right now, and it shows. Now, that being said, um, the Chargers have a banged-up secondary. Charger safety, Adrian Phillips is out. So you still got Bosa and Ingram, and they represent a massive part of their quarterback pressures. Um not very balanced, in fact. Uh, sometimes it seems that there's only really two guys um, attacking the quarterback. Where I'm going with this, so we all know that Deshaun Jackson um, has had a tough time um, staying upright. I think there was five sacks on him last week alone. He's had 10 sacks so far this year. Yeah, and what do the Chargers have? They have Bosa and Ingram, of course. Yeah. Um, however, one of their safeties is out. Um, actually, there's uh, there's another safety that's out as well. Uh, but if if Deshaun Watson can get the ball downfield, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities. Now, uh, Dondre Hopkins will be double teamed, but that leaves Will Fuller open. And I think that he's going to be able to get the ball to him. Again, DFS guys, Will Fuller, take him. On their defensive side of the ball, with Clowney gone, J.J. Watt is being double-teamed constantly, which is good for Whitney Merciless and D.J. Reader. And those guys, are they're putting a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. Um, I don't know what was going on with Phillip Rivers in, in Motown last week, but you know, being in the red zone four times and not getting any scores is pathetic. Um, now, there was one drop ball uh, by Dude, the let's, tight end. Dude, let's call it what it is. The Chargers lack discipline. They're yeah. not a disciplined football team. Their heads aren't in the game. Hasn't been for the first couple weeks. And they're playing a team like the Texans that grind out wins. Now, when you when you go up against a team that grinds from game to game, those teams are usually very disciplined. So I don't think that's a positive trend so far for the Chargers. No, uh, I don't either. Add to that, Texans are uh, 12-4 and four straight up in their last 16 games. Now... Conversely, if I'm going to say the good, I got to say the bad. The Chargers are five and zero against the spread in their last five games against the Texans. I think that this coming up game is when that switches. I'm taking the Texans. 
I am too. I mean, I, I, I like it at three. I loved it at minus or plus three and a half for, for the Texans, but I bought it at uh, three and a half earlier on in the week. Uh, I knew that you. was, I knew that was coming down. So yeah, it might even come down further. Who knows? Um, so scoop it up sooner than later. I'm, I'm going with the Texans on this one. And that's the end of that chapter. <laughs> Up next is the Sunday night primetime game in Cleveland has found themselves in another primetime game in as many weeks as they take on the Los Angeles Rams, Cleveland three-point underdogs at home. And I got to tell you, Andy, I do not like the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I don't like they're not playing defense with anywhere near the same intensity they have over the past couple seasons. And I think it was a huge mistake giving Goff all that money because I think he's just Mitch Trubisky 2.0. I do not like the Los Angeles Rams. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I do not like them against the Browns. I do not like them going downtown on, on Lake Erie. Uh, last time the Cleveland hosted a Sunday night game, Baker Mayfield was 13 years old. Wow. Now they've had two primetime games uh, in consecutive weeks. They obviously look pretty good against the Jets, albeit their third-string quarterback. Odell Beckham still uh, you know, hitting grabbing the, hitting passes it. out of the air with one hand because Hit. why use two hands when you only when need you, one? Exactly. Now, did you see that 89-yard touchdown pass that he broke off? How f- that guy is fast. I mean, yeah. normally you have defensive backs that are, you know, they're not holding the ball. They got a half a step on you anyway. Forget about it. That guy was downfield, and I think he felt pretty good about that, especially knowing that Greg Williams was on the other sideline. Yeah. Um, just sucking wind there. Yeah. Um, no, I um, I do not like the L.A. Rams. And if I'm going to bet a home dog, I'm going to do it in a place where there's an actual dog pound. Okay? Yep. And Cleveland, I, I'm, I'm still not on the bandwagon. I'm still not on the bandwagon. Uh, but my impression and and thoughts and feelings about the Rams have diminished significantly since the start of the season. So um, I don't know if Todd Gurley's going to get involved early. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for those wide receivers to sort of break out like they did last year at this time for, for the Rams. Uh, but Cleveland's got too many weapons, and I just love their defense, like with Miles Garrett and uh, they, no, it's it's going to be a tough one, and and the fact that they're you know you're giving them three points at home, uh, I didn't need to think about this one for too long. No, neither did I, and I don't want to overthink it. I'm definitely taking the Browns uh, with the three points. Also, what's very interesting, if you look at the over under on this, uh, the total's gone under in 15 of the Browns' last 22 games at home, and I'm showing an over under here of 47 and a half. On the Which side. actually I ticked down bet. from 49 yeah. uh, earlier in the week. And I, I honestly think this is you, you'll be pretty safe if you bet the under on that as well. So there's a little more action on that game if you want. But, yeah. Let's take it to them, Browns. Come on now. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg. Dog Pound. Y'all better turn up this week, man. Y'all got a new feeling, new spirit. Let's go get it done, Dog Pound. And the Monday Nighter, where my Chicago 
Bears. The Bears. Are uh, taking on the Washington, well, the professional football team from Washington. Washington at home, and uh, they're four-point dogs. I know that we normally like home dogs, but I like Chicago, and they're awesome. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now we right, have yeah. an actual case. Hey, by the way, let's before we get into the discussion, I have to tell you. Sometimes guys go, oh, you know, when I married the right woman or whatever, here's how I know I married the perfect woman. Okay. When we were still dating, Mm -hmm. she went to Chicago on a business trip Mm -hmm. and came home with a Walter Payton throwback jersey right from Soldier Field. Wow. Uh, Right. So now she's in Chicago this week. Sends me a text an hour before the podcast. She was like, oh, I thought I'd stop by Soldier Field and get you a present. A 52 Mac jersey. Oh, Khalil Mac. How stellar is that? I'll be repping that on game day because she comes home Friday. So Monday night, I'm going to be repping my Mac jersey in front of my TV. So, yeah, everybody knows I'm taking Chicago. But uh, since you have no skin in this game, (laughs) you've got no skin in this game. What are you thinking? That's uh, I like your play on words there. (laughs) Um, yeah, the professional football team from Washington, uh, I take them against the Cowboys. Cowboys totally overmatched them, totally outclassed them, totally outplayed them. Um, now, you got to still remember the first week of the season when they played against the Eagles, you know, they were up 17 nothing in halftime. So it's not like they don't have the ability to put points on the board. They do. You know who doesn't have the ability to point points on the board? Your guy, Mitch Trubisky. I, yeah. Every week, good thing we got a defense. Good thing that we got a defense that keeps points well, off the board. Unless your defense is going to score two touchdowns, which I'm not saying it's been, the realm of it's been known to happen. <clears throat> um, Trisky is just horrible. I and, and I know I know you, you you stick up for your guy. You should, but you got to you got to call a spade a spade. At no, some dude, point. that Number video, that video, your guy, that video you sent me last week was very enlightening, and it's all yeah. stuff that I've seen. Um, And I honestly think that that has to do a lot with how much confidence Trubisky has. I don't think he's got the confidence that he needs to have. Well, you want to talk about confidence. Last week on their touchdown drive, the first one, he threw before that he had thrown three uh, incomplete passes. Then they ran the ball on nine consecutive plays. So I'll tell you who doesn't have confidence in him, and that's Matt Nagy and their offensive coordinator. Well, they're going to lose it week by week if Trubisky doesn't step up here. And by the way, Washington is a team that you can definitely step up again because their defense is nothing like Denver's. No, no. Like Denver's got a half-decent defense at least. Oh, Denver's got a great defense. And there were a a few when I watched back the tape, a few plays where, you know, Trubisky just didn't have anywhere to throw the ball unless it was a check down. Um, But that being said, I agree with you. He's, He's having troubles which he shouldn't be in his third year in the league. Uh, I just. So are we going to say that Case Keenum is the better quarterback in this game? <sighs> well, Case Keenum's <laughs> been doing an NFC championship game, my friend. All right. Now. Right. Uh, so you can't take that away from him. But I will say no. this. Uh, the Redskins are uh, four and seven straight up and five and six against the spread at home in, since 2017 as underdogs. That well, doesn't look very good for them. I, I don't buy into a lot of trends, and the one I'm going to throw out, <laughs> it goes back so far that, oh, it's not even the same players on season. But it, it, I think because it's so poignant. So in their last 14 Monday night games played in Washington, 
guess how many they've won. I I couldn't tell you. Two. Really? Two of the last 14. So. Well, that means they're due. They're Well, no. Uh, what it means is let's, <laughs> let's look at the total here, which is 41 and a half. I think it's still 41 and a half. Yeah. No, ticked down to 41. Yeah. Um, I actually projected this to be even lower than that, like mid-30s at tops. I don't see a lot of scoring here, uh, which is why I need to go with the home team underdog catching more than a field goal. So I'm going to take the professional football team from Washington at plus four. Why must you hurt me so? I don't mean to, Maddie. I don't mean to. Please hang up and try again. And now a very popular segment with our listeners. It's Andy's Total Prop Tease. And uh, Andy makes a recommendation on a point total prop bet and finally a teaser. And we invite you to do the same thing along with us on our Facebook fan page. A successful Total Prop Tease is any combo that hits two out of the three. So take out your Swami hat, my friend. Give us your week three thoughts. Yeah, well, um, we did all right last week. We did catch two out of the three, which was great. Um, the total for this week, we're going to the aforementioned uh, Rams-Cleveland game uh, to go under the mark of 47.5. As I said before, it started at 49. It's at 47.5 right now. So if you like the under, take it soon because it's only going to go lower. Now, um, interesting prop stat here. Um, and this is which team will score the longest touchdown in the Indy-Atlanta game. And they're both sitting at minus 120. But let's consider Atlanta for a second. With guys like Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu and, of course, Julio Jones, we saw what they did last week against the Eagles' defense. Now, Indy has only one deep threat in T.Y. Hilton, and he's banged up this week. So, anyway, I think Atlanta's going to score the longer touchdown than Indy will. And for the teaser, we're going to tease the professional team from Washington from plus 4 to plus 10. I expect a really low-scoring game, and the other half of that teaser would be Atlanta at plus one and a half to plus eight and a half, which was exactly what we did last week with the teaser that cashed. So, sum it up, Rams-Browns under 47 and a half, prop Atlanta to score the longest touchdown against Indy, and the teaser is Washington and Atlanta. Well, thank you for listening to week three of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week three games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, Please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara.
Yeah.